All right, thanks, Cord. Welcome to Corridor Baptist Church. Good to have you all this morning. We're going to go ahead and dismiss our Sunday school classes, starting with the first, second, third graders, the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. You can go to your class. All the seventh through the twelfth graders, you can head to your class at this time. And uh, then all the adults will just stay right where we are. And Josh. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, how are you this morning? Good. Good. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms. It's good to see um, the moms out in the Lord's house today. Good to have you here. And I know um, after the in the next service, I know the church has a, a small gift uh, for you, so you're going to want to stick around for that. It should be tasty, uh, and it's not flowers, so... All right, well, if you have a a copy of the Word of God, take it, and uh, I just want to read one verse in Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14, we're not currently right now in a a series. I know a lot of times I like to go through series, and, you know, even on days like today, which are very special. Every Sunday is special. We come to the house of God to worship uh, the one true God, but... Today we also uh, remember our mothers, and this past week was just thinking about that and thought, well, you know, I don't typically do um, lessons, you know, on uh, uh, that relate so much to, you know, maybe the day, whether it's Independence Day or uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, but today I'm going to do that. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you a simple lesson on the family. Uh, Here in Proverbs chapter 14, just want to read the first verse of this chapter. And uh, the entire chapter, uh, the book of Proverbs has a lot of, uh, boy, it's just a book uh, jam-packed with wisdom. One of my favorite books uh, of uh, the Bible. Also a good book to just memorize. You can really just memorize uh, uh, short passages. Almost every verse can kind of stand alone on its own. And the Bible says here in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 1 that every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Every wise woman buildeth her house. And now the word house here, and, and you know in the word of God, the word house can have several different connotations. It could refer to an actual building, uh, you know, where people live. I mean, we all... Uh, live either in a house or an apartment or something some structure like that so the word can mean that it could also refer to a home we all have uh you know when we talk about our house well that's we could talk really about our our home or our family it could even refer to a lineage or heritage you know the house the bible talks about the house of david and the house of so-and-so i guess here in this church we also can add another connotation. We have a lot of houses around here, right? <laughs> Pastor house, Jimna house, Alec house, good to see you. All right? And I just keep going down the line. I'm not going to do that. But we've got a lot of houses here. But you see, um, what I'd like us to do this morning, and it's, I just very simply want to give a lesson on building our house. And, uh, you know, we can consider several aspects of building a house that can apply to really all of these it could apply to a house a home a heritage and you're in the book of proverbs now flip over to chapter number 24 verse number three if 
we read, every wise woman buildeth her house. And here in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse, or excuse me, chapter 24, verse number 3, Proverbs 24, verse number 3, the Bible declares this. It says, through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. Through wisdom. And so if we are to build our house, uh, you know, to build our families, our homes, it's through wisdom is a house built, the Bible says here, and by understanding it is established. I think all of us would want to be wise in how we build. If we were to build an actual home, uh, I'm not the person to come to. Brother Gukin is, right? He's built homes. He's wise in that respect. If you were to build a a house, a structure. But, you know, when it comes to building our our families, when it comes to building our homes or even our lives, we need wisdom. And so for that, we look to the Word of God. The Word of God, God's wisdom. This book contains wisdom to build our lives. It contains the guidance that we need. The word of God is ultimately the source of all wisdom. It is given to us by the all-knowing, infallible God. What better source to build our lives than to go to the source of wisdom? The one who is all-knowing, who is without error. And that is what we believe this book is. It's the very word of God given to us by a supernatural God. And so four points very quickly this morning. Four points, very simple. I don't have the the PowerPoint for you, so if you are taking notes, I'll try to be clear. There's four points. In fact, I'll give them to you uh, right now, and we'll go through them. The first point I want to bring up is the cornerstone. Then the second would be the foundation. And then after that, up go the walls, and then the roof. And so very simple this morning. But the first being the cornerstone, the cornerstone. Now, if we were to look back during Bible times at the homes that were built there, and I'm speaking of the structures, the buildings of the house or other buildings, back then they all began with a cornerstone. You know, the walls might be constructed of of stones that were taken out of a field and they probably had many other shapes and they'd kind of fit them uh, as they're building up the walls but to begin right the builders would hew out a cornerstone and this would not just be a natural shaped rock that they would begin with what they would actually do is the builders would fashion that stone They would work it into a perfect shape so that all the other measurements of the foundation and the walls could be measured from that very cornerstone. This was a perfect stone, so to speak, one that all other measurements could be measured against. There might have been other hewed stones at the corners, but the first one would be the head or the the chief cornerstone. And all the rest of the building would be based on that one stone. Lines would be strung out to make the foundation straight. And they would do this to make the wall straight. Now, in the word of God, the first mention of the cornerstone 
in the Bible is actually in the book of Job. And why don't you turn back there to the book of Job. Job chapter 38 and verse number 6. Job chapter 38 and verse number 6. Job's considered one of the oldest books in the Word of God, and the, it mentions here the cornerstone. And when God, God is speaking here, and he asks Job a question on who created the earth. And the Bible says in Job chapter 38, verse number 6, Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? And as I mentioned, God here is speaking to this man named Job, and he's speaking figuratively about the creation of the world. You see, leading up to this passage of Scripture, and if you know the story of Job, Job had suffered tremendous loss in his life. He had lost, he was a very wealthy man, had a great family, had sons and and, uh, and, uh, a wife and Uh, one of the most wealthiest men on the face of the earth at this time. But when you go back to the beginning of Job, you understand uh, that God had allowed trouble to come into his life. Now, there was a purpose for this. But Job, as a result of this, lost everything. Lost everything and even lost his health. He had boils and just going through persecution. You know, That's what life really is. I mean, there are good things with life, but you know, not one of us don't go through hard times. None of us have gone through hard times quite like Job did. But we see Job really questioning God, and that's what he's doing leading up to this. Job wanted answers from God. Have you ever felt like that? I want answers, God. Why are you allowing me to go through this? Well, God finally appeared to Job, but not with the answers that Job desired. You see, God came back to Job with questions. He said, no, 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 you don't ask the questions, I ask the questions. You know, there in this chapter, it's amazing, in chapter 38, there is a total of 39 questions that God asks Job. And he He's, what he was doing was God was driving home the point to Job, and it was this. Let me be God. I'm God. And he said here, whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? And who laid the, the cornerstone thereof? You know, who created this world? Job, were you there? No, Job wasn't there. And so... Um, God was speaking. Now, this is the first mention of uh, of the, the cornerstone. And when it comes to this world and when it comes to our existence, understand it would it all started with God. God spake and it came into existence. We are here today because of God. God created us. We are created in his image and here God was speaking to Job, and I, like I said, he was speaking figuratively regarding the creation of the world. That's the first instance that we see uh, the, the cornerstone referenced. But over in Psalm, the book of Psalm 118 and verse number 22, 
Psalm 118, verse number 22. Now this is a reference to the cornerstone of our faith. Psalm 118, verse 22, the psalmist writes, The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner, or the cornerstone. This headstone of the corner, this is speaking about a person. It's speaking about one person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the head cornerstone. He is the cornerstone. Now, this reference in the book of Psalm 118, this is also quoted by Jesus when Jesus was here on earth. And it's recorded in three of the four Gospels. In uh, Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 42. Also in Mark 12 verse 10 and then in Luke 20 verse 17. Jesus said this same thing. Uh, And each time... Jesus begins, he says, have you not read the scriptures? And he's referring to the Old Testament. Have you not read the scriptures? The stone which the builders refused is become the head stone of the corner. And, you know, this book, this Bible that we hold in our laps or uh, that we read, this whole book points to one person. And that one person is Jesus Christ. He's... Uh, not only did God create this world, but this he gave us Jesus, Jesus, God in the flesh. And our faith, our faith is in Jesus. It's, it, he is the cornerstone. He is the chief stone. And so as we talk about building our life, it starts with Jesus, the cornerstone. Uh, the whole Bible points to this one person. Now, uh, turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 4. Here, in Acts chapter number 4, Peter quotes, quotes this same passage, the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. In this passage of Scripture, uh, Peter and John, they've been arrested for preaching about Jesus, for preaching the gospel, they got arrested because by their, you know, they uh, in the chapter three, they healed a lame man and the religious people of that time didn't like that. They did not like Jesus. In fact, it was the religious crowd, the Jews that killed Jesus. They were the ones that wanted him dead. They wanted him murdered. And ultimately he was. He was crucified on a cross. But here, this is after Jesus has already died, and he's already been risen from the dead. We just celebrated Easter, the Resurrection Sunday. And Jesus has ascended up to heaven at this point, and he's left his disciples down on earth. And they, uh, they're pre- they can't help but speak of the things that they have seen. Je- uh, they're preaching Jesus, and uh, that's what they've been arrested. Peter and John here. Now in Acts chapter number 4, And now, verse number 5. Acts chapter 4, verse number 5. The Bible says this, And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together in Jerusalem. 
And when, verse number 7, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, now they're speaking to Peter and John, by what power or by what name have ye done this? They're referring to the healing. They're referring, and, and then verse number 8, Peter answers them. He says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you. Verse number 11. Um, says this, This is the stone which is set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Then Peter goes on in verse number 12 and really explains the significance of this reference to Jesus being the head of the corner or the cornerstone. He says this, and this is important, verse number 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You see, that's, that's the whole, uh, that, that is the message. We must receive Christ as our Savior. The chief cornerstone of our faith. You know, there is, he says it here, there's no other name. You know, today we live in a day and age where men and and women, they think that there are multiple ways to get to heaven. They think, oh, well, it's through my religion, or I grew up uh, in this religion. My my grandmother was was Catholic, and and, and so forth and so forth. Their faith is in a religion, but that's not what the Bible says. It says it needs to be in Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. People believe, well, you know what? It's not about religion. It's about good works. You know, if your good outweighs your bad, then surely God will let me into heaven, into his kingdom. But again, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that our works are filthiness, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his grace hath he saved us. And so it needs to be in Jesus. And so in order to begin to form the foundation on which we build our lives, our homes, our families, our heritage. The first step to building our house, our home, is to have the right cornerstone. And that cornerstone is Jesus, Jesus Christ. And so that's the first point, building our home. We have to have the right cornerstone. Our cornerstone can't be in ourself. It can't be in a religion. can't be in works. It can't be in a baptism. Baptism is a work. It has to be in one person, Jesus Christ. There's no other name, as Peter preached, whereby we must be saved. But number two, after you set the cornerstone, and remember, the cornerstone was a stone that was hewn out and perfected and uh, measured properly it was a perfect stone and all other measurements come from that and so our lives 
have to be based on Jesus Christ, or our faith has to be in Jesus Christ. But after that, the next step is to lay the foundation. You can't build a house without a foundation. And foundations have to be built from stones that are sturdy. They're built out along straight lines coming from the cornerstone. Now, what is the foundation for us? Well, I've already lifted it up a few times. It's this book. It's the Word of God. Now, turn over to Ephesians chapter... Well, um, actually, I'll have you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'll read you Ephesians chapter 2. So you guys can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. But before we read a passage of Scripture there, I better turn there as well. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Our foundation is the Word of God. Paul tells us in a letter to the Ephesians that in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse number 20, he says, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so, but our faith is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The foundation of a church, and this church, the foundation of a church, is upon the apostles and prophets. The foundation of our lives needs to be upon the apostles and prophets, which is referring to their writings. The writings of the apostles, which is now the word of God or the Bible. And so I want to uh, look at this word. And I am, where is, did someone take Second Timothy out of my Bible? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm flipping here and I'm trying to look at my notes and I didn't write this. Okay, got First Timothy. I know where to go now. <laughs> All right. Second Timothy chapter 3. You know, this book, the, the, uh, and it's not just a book, it's the Word of God. It is a supernatural book. It's unlike any others. My son just had a, uh, his 10th birthday, my oldest, and um, it's, he, he's so different than when I was 10. He, he got so many books for his birthday. When I was 10, man, seriously, the book was the last thing I wanted. <laughs> but anyway, he likes to read. But uh, one of the one of the so uh, the books he got was actually a new Bible. His grandparents got him a new Bible, and that was I was happy to see it was his face lit up, and it, rightly so because this book is supernatural. It's not like a novel or a murder mystery. Um, you can read this book uh, your whole life and get something new out of it, and. The word of God is truly supernatural. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 14, Paul is writing to Timothy and encouraging him in these things. And he says, but continue in verse 14, thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in our cornerstone, Christ Jesus, right? That's where it all begins. 
It all begins with Jesus, our faith in him. That's verse 15. And it's through the word of God that we, that we, we, that we, um, we learn of Jesus. And verse 16 says this, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, not sinless, but mature, right? It's talking about a maturity, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And you know, this, this passage of scripture is mainly talking about the word of God and how supernatural it is. It was supernatural in how it was given, this book has been. There have been, there have been kings and emperors and uh, judges that have tried to get rid of this book. They can't. Um, it was in how it was. Well, that's talking about it, how it was preserved. Um, this book has been preserved. It was inspired in how it was given. God literally breathed and spoke. Men wrote this book. They penned it. But they were inspired by God. God, these are the words of God. And so it's very, it's supernatural. Supernatural in its power. Um, the, you know, uh, it's able, in <laughs> verse 15. Uh, it is able to make thee wise into salvation. Without the word of God, we could not be saved. And it's profitable. In verse 16. And it has a thoroughly furnished. It means it has a purpose. It has a purpose, not just, not just so that we can understand the way of salvation. And, you know, if, if this book, if that's all it did, we have, we have, we have uh, then, then it serves its purpose r- really well there. I mean, if, if this book only told us the way of salvation, we'd give our lives for it. But it's more than that. Thoroughly furnished means it's there's more to it after salvation. And so the word of God is the foundation. The apostles, uh, it's the um, we know the apostles wrote the New Testament. And so the writings of the apostles. So our faith, our lives, our homes, our families need to be founded upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, that's the cornerstone of our faith, but also on the Word of God. But real quickly, let me give you the last two. The third is, uh, the third thing, after you have the cornerstone set, the right cornerstone, and then you have the foundation, and then you can start with the walls. Now, the walls, the walls of our house might be likened unto prayer. You know, um, Walls serve many purposes, primarily protection. Uh, you know, they protect from outside elements. They protect from uh, people coming in, um, animals, things like that. And we often speak of praying, you know, a hedge of protection around uh, our family, do we not? Uh, you know, and we, 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 uh, that's a term. And, uh, you know, a hedge is kind of like a wall. Walls of our homes, both literally and figuratively, offer protection from the world. Now, over in the book of Isaiah, 
Isaiah, and if you'd like to turn there, I've got two different passages in the book of Isaiah we'll read. But Isaiah chapter 50, or excuse me, uh, first one is in chapter 25, Isaiah 25, verse number 4. Now this is speaking of God, but the prophet Isaiah writes here of God, he's speaking of God. It says, For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones or when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. You know, that's what God God does. He protects his children. You know, walls, I, I mentioned, they serve as barriers or boundaries for our homes and for our lives. That's what walls serve. And in, over in Psalm, I'll read this, Psalm 122, verse number 7. It, it speaks of this about walls. It says, Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. That's Psalm 122, verse number 7. You know, boundaries, they're not, they're not always bad. Their boundaries are, uh, provide safety, do they not? I remember the time when uh, my wife and I got to visit um, the Grand Canyon National Park. I'm pretty thankful for some boundaries there. There was some pretty uh, scary cliffs, you know, so to have, uh, have a wall or uh, at least a fence of, of sorts, that was... It, provided safety and that's what boundaries or walls do our home should be a place of refuge a place of safety should they not you know from the struggles and the dangers that are on the outside you know there this world that we're living in it, it it's not getting any better and so our homes need to be strong they need to be a place of refuge not just for us but for our families for our kids where they can come in the, the house and have safety, safety from those. You know, Proverbs 25, verse number 28 tells us this. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. A city without walls or a nation without walls that allows anything to come in. You know, there it's it, the safety will disappear so walls provide that we must have self-control over impulses in our personal lives that would lead to our own destruction and damage the lives of our loved ones you know when we break down some of those walls in our life boundaries as parents when we allow things into our home that before maybe we had a boundary a hedge it was there for protection and now all of a sudden we allow it, whether it's maybe music or uh, movies or shows into our house that, you know, five years ago we never would have allowed. But now we allow it. Uh, there's not much good on TV these days. That's what I found out, especially as they, you've moved away from uh, uh, to more Internet based TV. Uh, we got rid of our cable and I, there's a lot of junk on cable, but at least they would bleep out a lot of the curse words. Now you go to internet TV and they don't do that. So it's gotten worse. And so, 
but you know those are boundaries that um you know we we keep up for safety and protection you know and then the last thing another purpose of walls is that it is to designate ownership of that which lies within look in isaiah 56 isaiah 56 chapter 56 verse number five God describes his care here in this verse for those dedicated to him. And he says this, Even unto them will I give in my house and within my walls a a place and a name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name. Notice what he says, within my walls, within my walls. That's describing those in his household. If you're a child of God, which means you've laid the right cornerstone. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you are a child of God. You're within his walls. And you know, only a child of God has can avail themselves to prayer. I mean, the child of God, we don't use prayer as, as, as much as we really should. Think about it. We can go boldly, the Bible says, before the throne of grace. And we can talk to God through Jesus. But that's only for the child of God, someone within the walls, within my walls. And so the walls um, would represent prayer. And then finally, and we'll conclude with this, we'll talk about the roof. And this deals with our daily life. Okay, so we've talked about the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. We've talked about the foundation that we are to lay. If we're talking about our lives or our homes, the foundation needs to be the word of God. We have the walls, those hedges, those barriers and uh, security. And uh, it also indicates ownership. Only the child of God can pray to God. And um, But then finally... We have the roof. The roof in, of the homes in the Bible times were much different than uh, the roofs we have on our homes today. Quite different. Of course, they're, they were uh, in a different area. I suppose if it rained as much as uh, it, it does, like we, we have here, they would have to design the roofs maybe differently. But yes, roofs would provide shelter from the elements, from the weather. But their roofs back in Bible times actually did, they were used, they were multifaceted. They were used for many different purposes. Most roofs were flat, just slanted enough so that the water would run off. But, um, you know, the houses of, the houses, and if you've, if you're, I guess if you've been in that area or, have uh, studied it you know the homes were actually very small and so they were small and dark uh, but most of the work most of the people they lived outside you know outside of the house today we build big houses and we all live inside the house and the yards are small back then the houses were small you know people lived outside or they lived up on the roof and, you know, up on the roof, that's where they used, they, they, they would dry their laundry. They would dry their, they'd have their herbs. The food would be preserved up there. 
It was a place of fellowship. It was where families and friends would gather. They wouldn't go inside the house. They would, uh, sleeping would happen in the house. They would go on the roofs and they would gather there. They would visit and enjoy each other's company. The roof was also a place of cleansing. And we won't turn there, but if you recall back in, um, back in the Old Testament there in 1 Samuel, I believe, uh, that's where Bathsheba was bathing herself, right? She, uh, today, that's unheard of. Uh, we do it in the privacy of our bathroom inside the house. Well, back then, cleansing was done on the rooftops. That's where David saw her. People would often sleep on the rooftops. Roofs were even a place of worship, as that's where people would build their booths and uh, setting up their tents for the t- Feast of Tabernacles back then. Now, what a, I say all of that to say this. The roof is representative of our daily life. We should live our daily lives focused on God, on our work, fellowship, cleansing, rest, and worship. And we'll conclude with this. Turn over to Psalm 125, uh, 127. One final verse, and then we'll end. As we consider building our houses, or building our lives, Psalm 127, the very first verse of this psalm, the Bible says, Except the Lord build our house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. You know, and as we think here this morning about building our building our house our home life maybe our our own personal life you know this nation this church needs strong families we need strong families homes that that are built upon jesus christ they have the word of god in them you know they they're homes that are filled with prayer Homes that it's okay to set boundaries for your kids, parents. It's okay. And it should be both parents working together, not just mom trying to set boundaries and dad allowing it. Both parents need to be in sync on that. But it's for protection. And, you know, as this world gets wickeder and wickeder as the days go on, you know, we need, we need more prayer. We need more boundaries in the lives the christians will be more and more peculiar as the days go on they ought to be but then as the roof so we we have the cornerstone the foundation and the walls but the roof deals with our daily life our daily walk you know sanctification is that daily cleansing that is needed in our lives we still sin as christians Oh, yes, our sins have been forgiven if you've been saved and God remembers them no more. But we still have the old nature and we still sin. And so we still need to sanctify and cleanse ourselves. That's part of a daily process. You know, the other thing is we need fellowship. We get fellowship. uh, We need the right kind of fellowship. Uh, Fellowship with fellow believers and so that's what one of the reasons why we're meeting here today we meet on wednesday there's a tuesday fellowship your church is there for fellowship 
and we need to worship God. You know, back then on the roof, they would often worship God on their roofs. You know, that's why we're here today. We're here to worship God. Thank God for his word. Thank God for the wonderful salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, today I would, I would uh, ask you to consider where, where it all starts in your life. Where is your cornerstone set for security? Is it, is it in a religion? Is it in, you know, good works? Or is it in Jesus Christ? And then from there, Christian... Is your life based upon the word of God? And, um, and we see uh, building our lives. Every wise woman buildeth her house. And so thank you for your attention. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll conclude. Uh, I'll just conclude in a word of prayer and then we can be dismissed. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that we were able to open up. And just pray that you.